Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, the hour number three of our radio program. That's right, it is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Our poll question today, you can find it at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B, or at CBS Sports Radio. What's your first reaction to Super Bowl 58? Mahomes is just insane, or the 49ers blew it? Very close results. 51.9% right now say it's Mahomes is just insane, 48.1% say that the 49ers blew it. And when I look back at that game, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that the 49ers blew the game. Now, let me be abundantly clear about this. That's not me taking away from Patrick Mahomes' greatness. Because when I was at the game last night, you know, we're trying to pump out content when we're at the game and, and all that. And I gave you a 45-second, 50-second reaction right after the game ended. It was the 49ers. Yes, Mahomes is great. Yes, Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You basically give him an unlimited amount of opportunities. He's going to find a way to get the job done. But the first thought that permeated with me in that game is, man, there were so many chances the 49ers had to pull away and to win that game. Like, you look at just the first half. In the first half, you had Kelsey fighting with Andy Reid. You also had Mahomes throwing an interception. Pacheco fumbling the football. A penalty coming out of the two-minute warning. And you go into halftime, and you're only up by seven? That did not feel like a seven-point game. Felt a lot worse. Jay Gruden said earlier, it felt like at times the Niners should have been up by three touchdowns or more. But any time the Niners were moving the ball down the field, they just stalled. They they bottomed out. They stumbled. And you know what's crazy, too? The touchdown that they had in the first half, I don't even think the first read was to McCaffrey on that trick pass play. It looked like they were trying to go to the guy to the left who was running over the middle of the field, and they just didn't have the time to, to get it off. And then you fired over to McCaffrey, and the next thing you know, he's in the end zone. Now, I haven't heard any conversation because that gets lost in the shuffle of all the craziness that ensued after that. But that just was not a clean offensive performance by the 49ers. And Brock Purdy was fine in the game. You know, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great. He was fine. He was was good. He was solid. But I look at the decision-making by Shanahan. Toss aside taking the ball first in overtime. I know a lot of people tell me I'm wrong. I had no problem with him taking the ball first. I understand playing for the third possession. But the failure to get McCaffrey the ball on the ground more in the second half was alarming. And you look at how many opportunities the Niners had. Where was Debo? Where was Kittle? Those guys were a non-factor in the game. And when 
Jennings and MVS, those two guys outplay Kittle and Samuel? That just can't happen for the 49ers. And that's the thing. San Francisco's offense was severely disappointing in the game. And with all that being said, since they were, for most of the game, playing in front, and then you had the fortuitous bounce go in favor of the Chiefs on the punt return, and then the Chiefs finally take the lead, well, the Niners answered right back. And that was like, okay, game on. But then on the last two offensive possessions for the 49ers, you know, when they get the ball back with seven, six minutes left, I turned to the Niners fan that was sitting in front of me at the stadium, and I said, you got to take like 4.55 minutes, five and a half, whatever it was, off the clock, and you got to put the ball in the end zone. And there were moments in that game where the Niners would just move the ball down the field, play after play after play, and then once they got into the red zone or once they got on the Chiefs' side of the field, it was like they would stall. And they had to settle for a field goal. And honestly, that play, the last offensive play on that drive that led to a field goal in regulation, there was like three guys wide open. The guy he threw it to, I think it was Jennings to the right side on that play. He was open. You had McCaffrey open. He could have scored a touchdown. I know they faked the end around, but he was open if they could have just dumped it out to the left. And then Kittle was wide open too. And they only needed like three or four yards. They probably would have got that on any three of those guys if only the offensive line held up. And you, you know what? That could be the most underrated part of the Super Bowl from the Chiefs side because everyone's going to talk about Mahomes. Everyone's going to talk about Andy. Everyone's going to talk about Kelsey, Taylor Swift, all that stuff. Spagnola blitzing in that spot took guts. And it was the right call by Spags. And the offensive line for the 49ers crumbled in that moment. And it was kind of very similar in a different play. But in terms of the concept, the offensive line didn't hold up. Where two years ago, the Rams were in the Super Bowl up against the Bengals. And Aaron Donald blew up the play. And Burrow got thrown around like a rag doll. Where if he just had another quarter of a second, not even half a second, another quarter of a second, he had Jamar Chase wide open down the right sideline. So the feeling there of the offensive line and their ineptitude in that moment and the greatness of the Chiefs' defense in that spot was a mirror image to me of Donald in the Super Bowl up against Burrow and the Bengals. Because I know you could say maybe they should have ran the ball in that spot. Similarly, where a few years ago where it was Chiefs and Niners and you had Chris Jones bat the ball down at the line of scrimmage up against Jimmy G, it was third and short. You could have said, yeah, they should have ran the ball in that spot. And if you want to tell me, put the ball in McCaffrey's hand, hands in that moment and make him go run, get three, four yards, I'm fine with that. But the play call was there. You had McCaffrey to the left. You had Kittle shortly to the right off the right tackle. You had another receiver open to the right, but Purdy couldn't make a good throw because you had a defender in his mug instantly. So settling for the field goal there and then Mahomes getting quickly down in the red zone and then getting a field goal to force the game into overtime, once that game goes into overtime, no one's thinking the Niners are winning the game because it was, wow, we're in this spot 
where Kansas City threw a pick, Kansas City fumbled the ball, Kansas City was fighting Kelsey and Andy Reid. Like, there were so many moments where the Niners looked like, wow, they were just the better team, and they were going to win the game. But as the game did go on, Mahomes was still sitting there. And Mahomes was still sitting there, and the team that was trying to throw haymaker after haymaker after haymaker earlier in the game started to get punched right back in the jaw. And Mahomes, when he punches, it doesn't take him long to knock you out. And that's the thing. The Niners needed to throw punch after punch after punch. And when they threw a few big punches early, then they were just throwing punches, but they weren't connecting later in the game. And Mahomes, when you keep him in the game, he's going to come back to kill you. So I don't want what I'm about to say to overshadow the greatness of Mahomes. And you see Mahomes able to make the plays at the end. And the 49ers weren't. But my first take from that Super Bowl is, man, the 49ers blew it. And it wasn't as if one of those moments where they blow it, where it's like, okay, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. But there were moments in that game, at least for the majority of that game, where it did feel like the Niners were the better team. And this wasn't like it was their first time going up against Kansas City. Heck, Kansas City as a team is not better than where they were the first time they played the Niners. But still for the Niners, even if this was a quote-unquote weaker Kansas City team, they still couldn't find a way to knock them out. And that's why when I look back at this game, I think this is going to be one that haunts the Niners for a long time. Because you know how we talk about the Cowboys and how we talk about Buffalo and maybe to an extent with now how we'll talk about Miami? There are teams that do an incredible job in the regular season and then come playoff time, they can't get the job done. Now, I know it's scaled differently and weighted differently for the Niners because they've at least been in championship games. They've at least been in Super Bowls. But now for the 49ers, I don't give a rat's ass what they do the next year, two, or three with this core still being together. No big changes naturally in the NFL. But until they're on the podium with that trophy in their hand, and not an NFC Championship trophy, I'm talking about a Super Bowl trophy, a Lombardi trophy. It's always going to be that feeling of, yeah, they're really good, but let's see if they could get the job done. And now to be in two Super Bowls with Shannon as your head coach, and I get it's up against the Chiefs, and you were up double digits in both those Super Bowls, and you got nothing to show for it, that's a disgrace. It's one thing to choke away one game and to have a double-digit lead in one game and not get the job done. But now that it's happened twice, twice, I can't sit here and say that moving forward, I'm ever going to expect the Niners to get the job done. And I know what the counter-argument is. Well, Zach, what's happening now to Kyle Shanahan is what happened to Andy Reid for 20 years, and eventually he pulled through. That's fine. 
You could say that, but just because one coach pulled through doesn't mean the other coach will. Because for the Andy Reid story, I could also give you Marv Levy, who we all know, legendary coach, Hall of Famer. He was really close, four straight Super Bowls, LLLL. Never got the Lombardi Trophy. When you were there, and especially in this year where the NFC was yours, you basically killed Philadelphia. The Cowboys are a bunch of frauds. The Lions gave you a heck of an effort. The Rams were a good story, right? The Packers were a good story. But this Niners team, they didn't play great in the divisional round. They didn't play great in the NFC title game. And they were still there. And you had an AFC that was beating the snot out of one another. And the Ravens weren't able to elevate. The Bills weren't able to elevate. And here you are. You have Kansas City back in a Super Bowl. And this year was probably the more the most open year of football that I could ever remember. Like, we do those power rankings every uh, Wednesday. Take five Wednesday in the Zach Gelb Show. And it felt like whoever was the number one team one week, Within two weeks, they would no longer be in the number one spot. And sometimes heading out of the top five. Like, think about that. How many teams were in the one spot that fell out of the top five or fell down to four or five? So this was as open of a year as I can remember in the NFL. This was up for the taking. And the Niners, when you just look at the roster, yeah, they don't have Mahomes. They don't have Andy Reid. They don't have Kelsey. But they are a more well-rounded team than the Chiefs. And to play the first half that they did, where they looked like if they, you know, if they got the ball in the end zone, they could have blown out the Chiefs. Seriously. That is how much better it felt like in the stadium that the Niners were than the Chiefs. But they should have known that they were in for a dogfight and it was going to be problematic when a lot of things went right outside of McCaffrey fumble in the first half for the uh, Niners, and they could only walk away up seven. At halftime. And quite frankly, they were lucky because the Chiefs settled for a field goal at the end of the first half that it wasn't only down to three. All right? Because they could have got a touchdown. But to have all those moments and to not win the game, it just felt like the Niners blew it. And trust me, this is not anti-Kansas City. This is not, oh, Mahomes didn't play phenomenal and Spags wasn't great and Andy Reid wasn't great. I'm not saying that. Both statements are true. Mahomes is just insane, and the 49ers blew it. But my biggest takeaway from that game is just the failures of the Niners. How many times were they going to bring the horse to the well and tell the horse to drink, and they would go through all the tough times, all the obstacles of getting that horse to the well, and then right when you get to the well, the horse just wouldn't drink the water. And that was the Niners' offense. They moved the ball. They moved the ball down the field. And anytime you thought, okay, they're going to get the ball in the end zone, most of the times in that game, they had to settle for field goals. And that's the thing. You wake up today as a Niners fan, you got to be looking up at the ceiling saying, man, for 75% of the game, I felt like I was the better team. But you got nothing to show for it. And now moving forward, I don't care what the Niners do next year. The Niners could be a one-loss team in the regular season. Until they get the job done in the postseason, 
they're going to be referred to as the yeah, but team. Right now, Kyle Shanahan is the yeah, but head coach. Yeah, he's a great coach. Or yeah, he's a good coach. But come playoff time, now won a few games, but he won't win the big one. And you look back at the resume of Shanahan, OC for the Falcons when they choked 28-3. to Head coach of the Niners when they were up 10 with seven and a half to go in a Super Bowl. And now another double-digit lead up against Kansas City, and you didn't get the job done. And that's the, the crazy part of this Chiefs run. This Chiefs offense wasn't spectacular. We're talking about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Rasheed Rice. You know, Isaiah Pacheco, you could argue, outside of the quarterback, is the second most valuable player on this Chiefs offense. He's an angry runner. He's, he's phenomenal. And Kelsey, you know, he's great postseason moments. But Kelsey even took a step back this year. And still, it was better than everyone else's. And that's what happens when you're in a dynasty. And I saw this with New England. There's always a Super Bowl or two. Or a year or two where you don't play your best. And because of the experience, because of who your quarterback is, because of who your coach is, you find a way to get it done. And this was that one for Kansas City. They found a way to get it done. But it's impossible for me not to say, man, the 49ers could have easily won that game and they failed to do so. So I know it's tough and that's pretty much resembles and resonates with the people that are that are voting in this poll question. But what's your first reaction to Super Bowl 58? My first one was the 49ers blew it. So what do you say? Is it the 49ers blew it or Mahomes is just insane? I know it's a mixture of both, but I want you to pick one. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. You could also chime in on the poll question on Twitter, at CBS Sports Radio, and also at Zach Geld. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Zach's taking on the most polarizing issues in sports. Which side of the line of scrimmage will he end up on? Offside. Defense number 69. It's Onsides, Offsides with Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. You'll see it behind the scenes, 
and it's hysterical. So Samter missed the ending of the Super Bowl because he had a DVR problem and he had to feed his baby and, you know, he wanted to watch the game with his wife. You know, the story that I think uh, a lot of us are like, you got to just find a way to watch the Super Bowl as it happens live. So when Samter was telling us this story, how he missed his Chiefs win the game in overtime, he had an epic freakout and he was throwing things all around the studio and he crumbled up a piece of paper and he threw it at the glass that's separating us. And if I'm not wrong, Samter, was that the onside offside script? It may or may not have been. Okay. So can I, you still read the script? Yeah, I heard the music. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to go yeah. get that piece of paper that is I tossed it, across the room. Is it like the, the NFL script? Because I, I told you like the best two uh, takes that you hear, I know what our callers are gonna say when I go to a Super Bowl based off what happens after the game when I go to take a leak in the bathroom and all the conversation that happens there. And then when I'm waiting in line at the airport to get through security. So in the bathroom, I heard people like were just trashing Jake Moody, which made no sense to me. I know he had the PAT blocked, but I don't think well, let's it really- not get too much into that because that may be onside offside. Okay, I will get to that point in just a second. But then the other point in the airport, there was, um, yeah, they looked like a married couple. And uh, the gal was basically saying, oh, the NFL is scripted. She goes, there's no way that Travis Kelsey would get to the Super Bowl with all the money that Taylor Swift brings in and the Chiefs were losing. I was waiting in line to get California Pizza Kitchen in the airport and I didn't end up getting it because one of the worst displays of, uh, of being a good hostess, they, there was a line of 20 people deep. They weren't sitting anyone. Like, I don't know where the hostess went for 15, 20 minutes. They probably lost like $1,000 of business. So I just went to the stand to the right and I got like a, it was a grilled chicken pesto panini, which was fine because I didn't need to go eat a pizza uh, at that hour. But that was the take that I was hearing in the airport. Oh, that the NFL is scripted. And the husband was like, you don't actually believe that. Like the NFL isn't actually scripted, but... Nonetheless, those are the two big takes that I heard after the game. So what do we got cooking? It, it did feel almost scripted when Kelsey almost brought that that long pass in for the game-winning touchdown with yeah. 10 seconds left. Like, if Travis Kelsey had the game-winning touchdown with like, under 10 seconds to go, there was some of that. And then there was also a report mm -hmm. that uh, one of the high-ranking executives at CV, uh, CBS said, oh, jokingly, well, the script says we're going to go to... tweeted that. Yes. Wasn't that sarcasm? I thought that was sarcasm. It was sarcasm for sure, but he said... Oh, the NFL told us the script says it's going into uh -huh. double overtime. And when the Chiefs were driving and kind of stalling on their drive to maybe kick a game-tying field goal and maybe go into double overtime, mm -hmm. the uh, conspiracy birds were popping out. So, By the way, that. you know who looked phenomenal last night? Thank at, you. Out of, no, I wasn't talking about you. Oh. Out of all the celebrities that were in the stadium. Oh, Usher. Yeah, he looked great. I wasn't going there, but when he did take his <laughs> shirt off, I think a lot of people fainted in that stadium. Taylor Swift looked phenomenal last night, and she when she was chugging beers on the uh, on the uh, big screen in the stadium. If Kelsey wasn't going to propose to her, I was ready to get down on one knee and say, "Will you marry me?" She I mean, she's basically flawless. a billionaire. I don't think there's a lot of guys who wouldn't propose to her. At she this point. looked phenomenal yeah. last night. Well, let's actually and get that to was the, coming oh. off a flight. You know yeah. how tough it is to look that good coming off a flight. Yeah. No. Smoking hot you Yeah, are. you know what? When you're on a private jet where you can lay down and Still. sleep in a bed and they're walking around, they have showers in there Still. and they probably have like, you know, hairdressers and a whole thing. It's a long it, flight. It doesn't matter. It's not a flight. If you've it been is on, though. If you've it's been on one flight. of those kinds of planes and one of those kinds of flights, 
it's not a flight. Have you been on a private jet? I have been in situations not like Taylor Swift, but yes, I have been on planes. That's a 13-hour flight, though. I don't care if you have the the, the, the rich. It is. It's 13 hours you're on an airplane. You have food. You have tables to sit down and eat. It's it's basically like you're sitting at home for 13 hours. So when I'm in first class or anytime it's I travel in first class, nothing like first class. Not like that. Nothing like they have beds. It's still 13 they have hours. Tables. It has. It's nothing like first class. It's nothing like you've ever been on. I, I don't care what private jet you're on. When you're on a plane still for 13 hours, you have to be on a plane for 13 hours from Japan to Las Vegas. You, no one is at their best. And she looked like she was at her best last night. She was flawless looking. All right, anyway, get to the questions here. All right, we may or may not to get to all eight of these, so let's see. Well, the, the way that you manage your time, we probably won't get to any of these after hearing your Super Bowl story. All right, let Jeez. me tell you a little bit more about... No, no I'm just joking. You, now, with you, the you were Super like Bowl, Andy Reid with the Eagles. You couldn't manage the clock last night. Speaking of Andy Reid with the Eagles, he now has Super Bowl, three Super Bowl rings, five conference titles, and 11 conference championship game appearances. Mm-hmm. After the game, he got a ringing endorsement from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's one of the best coaches of all time. I believe he's the best coach of all time. I mean, I know he doesn't have the trophies yet, and I have a lot of respect for some of those great coaches. Um, but the way he's able to navigate every single team he has, um, continue to have success no matter where he's at. Um, and for me, he brings out the best of me because he lets me be me. I think that's that's important is he doesn't try to make me anyone else. I, I don't think I'd be the quarterback that I am if I didn't have Coach Reed being the, my head coach. Um, and um, and, he, he, and that, other than that, he wants you to be the best person you can be, and that's something that I think is uh, truly special. And, of course, Travis Kelsey. I got the greatest coach this game has ever seen. He's unbelievable at not only dialing up plays and having everybody prepared, but he's one of the best leaders of men that I've ever seen in my life. And um, he's helped me a lot with that, with channeling that emotion, with channeling that passion. And um, I owe my entire career to that guy and being able to um, kind of control um, how, how emotional I get. And um, I just love him, man. Now, on that offside, when Andy Reid retires, he will be considered the greatest coach of all time. So, I think when Mahomes first said it, he said it the right way. One of the greatest coaches of all time. I know he eventually followed up saying, I think he's the greatest coach of all time. But I just look at, like, players. Like, I don't think we ever viewed Peyton Manning as the greatest quarterback of all time. It was one of. Because for a while it was, in his career... Uh, he didn't have a championship. Then he got one championship, and then last year he got two. You know, you look at John Elway. Didn't have a championship until the end of his career where he got two. I think you look at Peyton Manning as one of the greatest coaches of all, uh, uh, football uh, quarterbacks of all time. You look at Elway as one of, not the greatest. And I think for Andy Reid, for that long time in Philadelphia, it was he's so close but yet so far. Now he's getting the championships. But I feel like when, for 20-something years, it was coming up short, it's been tough for you to move into that number one spot. I think he's one of the more likable coaches of all time. I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But I can't put him in that number one spot because of all those years he was in Philadelphia, and then he came up short. But he goes and wins, like, four more championships or something like that. In in Kansas City, it may be a different conversation. But right now, I would just say he's one of, not the greatest coach of all time. So I will go offside on that. Offside! Now, speaking of Reed, cameras caught a disturbing moment where Travis Kelsey bumped into his coach on the sideline in anger, nearly knocking the 65-year-old over. Now, after the game, Reed downplayed the incident. (laughs) Yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. Cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. (laughs) Um, He was really coming over just to go 
just put me in, I'll score, I'll score, you know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time, so I listen, I appreciate it. Now, onside, offside, you have no issue with Kelsey bumping Reed. I thought it was uncharacteristic. I thought it was something that shouldn't happen. There's a different having a difference having an argument on the sideline and then making it physical. But since they won the game, I don't think anyone actually gives a rat's ass about it. So in the moment, I had an issue with it. But with how it ended up finishing with the Chiefs winning a championship, I can't sit there and say my rate about it. So you have no issue with Kelsey bumping Reed. I guess in the moment, yes. But as the game did move on, I was like, okay, so what? So I'll, I guess I'll go offside on that. Offside. Now, the Chiefs have won three Super Bowls in five years, made it to the AFC Championship game six consecutive years. After the game, Travis Kelsey didn't really seem to care when asked if they were a dynasty. I don't care what people call us. I know I'm back-to-back, and I won three in whatever years. Y'all can call us a dynasty. You can call us whatever you guys want. I know what we got is something more special than than, uh, than really what you see in the NFL. It's because the guys in this locker room and the head coach. The Mahomes had a little bit more of a positive spin of this whole situation. Yeah, it's the start of one. We're not done. I know we're going to celebrate tonight, celebrate the Pride Wednesday, Kansas City, but we're not done. We've got a young team. We'll keep this thing going. Onside, offside, even if they don't win another Super Bowl, this Chiefs team is already a dynasty. Oh, yeah. A dynasty is three championships in, let's say, five or six years, anywhere in that realm, and they've now done that. So since they had three championships, it'd be disappointing if they don't get another one, but it doesn't mean that this team isn't already a dynasty. They're a dynasty now, and we'll see how long the dynasty will last. So if they don't win another Super Bowl, this Chiefs team is already a dynasty? Yeah, because they won three, so on sides. Now, Patrick Mahomes won another Super Bowl MVP, but had the Niners held on to win it, it seems like maybe Juwan Jennings had a legit shot to take home the hardware. San Fran's number three wideout became just the second player ever to throw and catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know who the other one was, Nick Foles. There it is. Philly special, baby. And he also drew that crucial holding penalty in overtime on 3rd and 13 that extended the drive and allowed them to score, uh, to kick the go-ahead field goal. By the way, I see 49ers fans complaining about the officials. Whenever you lose, someone complains about the officials. I thought the officials did a good job last night. I did too, and if anything, I thought they were favoring the uh, the 49ers. Yeah, people always look at holding, but I yeah. have no complaints, no gripes. The, the there was definitely night. one run that Patrick Mahomes had that seemed like there may have been a hold, but overall it seemed like it was fairly evenly called and also not overly called. Last year the officials were a storyline. This year there's really no leg to stand on in terms of the officials being a storyline. Correct. Now ahead. onside, offside. If the 49ers had won, Jennings should have been the MVP. So I was talking to uh, this guy in the stadium right behind me, and we were wondering who was going to be the MVP if the 49ers won. He said Jennings, and then I said, let's see if McCaffrey gets another touchdown. Now McCaffrey didn't. McCaffrey was on the receiving end of that passing touchdown by Jennings. Um, I still thought just because of the name recognition, and since he was their leading rusher and leading receiver, if the Niners would have won, it would have probably have been McCaffrey. Now, Let's say they score another touchdown to Jennings. It would have been different, but I would have thought that it would have been McCaffrey. So if the Niners won, Jennings should have been the MVP. I go offside. It would have been McCaffrey. Offside. Despite nearly 1,000 yards during the season and 100 yards of total offense in the Super Bowl, Isaiah Pacheco had a nightmare game, fumbling the ball inside the red zone in the first and then fumbling a pitch later in the game that he luckily recovered. Yeah, I didn't think that was a great pitch, by the way, by Mahomes. No, but you still have to make that play if you're Pacheco. It's not bad enough that it was worth a fumble. It looked like he took the eye, his eye off the ball. Onside, okay. offside. The Chiefs need an upgrade at running back next year. No, offside. I think this is a plug-and-play type of league. 
If you want to bring someone else in to compliment him, that's fine. If you want to go running back by committee. But Isaiah Pacheco is a young player. This is second year in the NFL. And I think he has potential to not just be a good running back, but a great running back in this league. I'm sticking with Pacheco. I don't think they need an upgrade at the running back. So offside. Offside. This year's halftime show featured Usher as the main act with appearances by Alicia Keys, Will I Am, Her, and Little John. The performance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, the performance showcased Usher on roller skates, women pole dancing, and of course, Usher taking off his shirt, making the ladies swoon. Onside, offside, you enjoyed this year's halftime show. So, I always think it's tough when you're in the stadium because the halftime shows are made for people on TV. Until Alicia Keys got on the stage, I thought the halftime show was below average. But then once Alicia Keys got on and they started bringing everyone else out, that's when I thought it really picked up. Uh, you asked me, you enjoyed the halftime show? Yes. Not a great start, but a phenomenal finish. Uh, that's why I ended up liking the halftime show on sides. I will go back later tonight, though, and watch it and see how it looked on TV because there's sometimes you're in the stadium, you're like, oh, this halftime show sucks, and then it ends up looking great on TV. But I thought it was a slow start, phenomenal finish. Um, I did enjoy the halftime show, though. All right, last one. Despite kicking two of the longest field goals in Super Bowl history, including breaking the record to have that record broken by a quarter later, uh, Jake Moody. Uh, that kind of encapsulated the Super Bowl for a while when yeah. the field goal kickers were the story. I uh, know, really. Jake Moody had a crucial extra point blocked in the fourth. Onside, offside. Moody okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. He is to blame for the 49ers loss. So no, because I know that it was 1916 eventually. So if you make the extra point, it would have been 20 to 16. That was after they hit, they hit another field goal. But still at the end, if the Chiefs knew they had to go get a touchdown, 
with, with how they were taking their time and they still quickly got the ball into field goal range. They got it down to the 11. Does anyone think they wouldn't have found a way to get those final 11 yards? So I'm not crushing Moody for getting the kick blocked. Um, I think there's a bunch of other reasons why the Niners lost. And also, if you're going to crush the kicker, you also need to give him credit because he was a big reason why you still had a lead for as long as you did because he made some tough kicks in that game. So when you ask me, Moody is to blame for the Niners' loss. Uh, no, he's not a, a top three reason why they lost the game. So I will go offside. Offside. All righty, this is Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll wrap up the show talking about Kyle Shanahan and how do you rate him as a head coach. But first up with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here is the act man, Rich Ackerman. It's time to answer Ask the Pros question of the day. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Adam in Shreveport, Louisiana says, Zach, what was your favorite part of Super Bowl week? You could submit a question by tweeting at CBS Sports Radio, at Zach Elby's in the hashtag Ask the Pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. I actually, So I love going to the game. And I had two tailgate passes yesterday. Uh, Bobby Flay was actually at one of the tailgates and he was cooking up food, which was phenomenal. And then the second one was like this big NFL tailgate right outside the stadium, which was just dope. Like the dessert spread they had was maybe the most gluttonous dessert spread I've ever seen. So I ate well before the game, love going to the game, uh, loved our five shows on radio row. Uh, and obviously we made massive headlines with Micah Parsons. The video did over 4 million views. So uh, thank you guys uh, so much for interacting with the show. Eli Manning was phenomenal. Uh, Kendrick Bourne was a really good guest, too. Uh, uh, CJ Stroud. Like, we had so many great conversations with some of the biggest names all throughout the week. Joe Montana joined us. But I'll tell you, bonding with Samter on Friday night actually may have been my favorite moment. And EJ. So I was supposed to go to this country concert. And then Santer bought tickets to U2 at the Sphere where he kind of realized at the moment he blew me off for the country concert and forgot. Totally by accident. Yeah, he My forgot. Now, to, to Santer's credit, Santer, and to give him an excuse and a pass, Santer was like a madman all throughout the week because a lot of these PR people, they schedule you, then they're running five, ten minutes late. We're live on the air. You know, we have other interviews to do as well. So Santer had a lot going on. So when I said in passing, I have tickets to this country concert, you want to go? Samter said yes, and he forgot because it's the Sphere. We all wanted to go to the Sphere. So Samter buys a ticket to you 2 So I said, you know what? Screw the country concert. A lot of the guys, the engineers were going to. I go, you know what? I'm going to go to the concert. It was awesome. Now, I wanted to strangle Samter, though, at dinner for a second because we're at dinner with DJ. Fun time. Uh, we went to this Mexican spot. And after I just bought a ticket for you 2 Samter goes, after you overheard a conversation with the bartender, I didn't know at the at the EA party Green Day was playing, and Green Day is Samter's favorite band. So I thought for a second, after just spending like 200-something bucks at U2, after he already blew me off and I had a free ticket to Zach Bryan, uh, or the, yeah, it was Zach Bryan, uh, that Samter was then going to bail again. So Samter, all he wanted to do was get to Green Day. But we had tickets to the Sphere, so we go to the Sphere, we leave after Beautiful Day. We had the set list. So there was two two songs left, which I didn't need to see. No, no, no. Beautiful Day was the last song. No, there was two songs after that. There was the last song we stayed for. No, there, that was, that was, I think that was the end of no, it. No, you're wrong. There was two songs after that. I'm telling you, you're, you're wrong. Trust me. I was saying here, you were not. So Santa, we couldn't get a taxi. 
We then end up walking like a half mile, a mile, end up getting the taxi. Santa is directing the taxi driver. And Santa had a better sense of direction of the taxi driver. Santa told the taxi driver to turn left. The taxi driver turns right. No, I have a better way. We get stuck in traffic. Now, we know what time Green Day is going on. And Santa is losing his mind in the back seat. No, I'm in the front seat. And I felt so awkward. Now, one of the guys that was one of the engineers, this guy Finkelstein, he starts instigating Santa. Like, just when the teapot already erupted, this guy would go, man, I can't believe we're going to miss Green Day. And I turned around and I go, can you shut the bleep up? So eventually... He was actually doing the opposite. He was trying to be the positive spin. He was trying... He, he, no, we're going to make working. it. Low. Oh, you know what? No, no. no. He was instigating. He, he was instigating, but he was trying to be positive. And in that moment, I didn't want positivity. I just wanted to stew in my anger. So... And, listen, I knew I was yelling at the cab driver and everything, but the guy... Yeah, it wasn't great. The guy was taking us the wrong way. We were literally stupid. on the road to the hotel. You're not he wrong. turned off to go... Onto the strip, yeah. which added 20 minutes to our trip. Mm-hmm. I told him to go back. We ended up getting back in five minutes once I told... You I'm right. not a cab driver. You're a cab driver. You need to know the fastest way to yes. get there. And I'm flipping out because this guy's taking the wrong you turn right. down Flamingo. Then he goes down Las Vegas Boulevard. I'm like, what are you doing? You're taking us into traffic. You're 100% right. I'm so angry at this guy. But because, you know, in New York City cab drivers, they have that reputation of, like, kind of taking yes. people in a roundabout way so they can get a higher fare. You're lucky That's was, what this guy no, was doing. But, he was just trying to uh, run the fare up. But here's the thing. You were lucky this wasn't a New York City cab driver because I think if it was a New York City cab driver, he would have punched you in the face. I'm not kidding. So we end up getting into Green Day. We probably missed, like, what, the first 10, 15 minutes of the show? Yeah, we missed one and a half songs. Okay, so large We missed things, American Idiot and the front which half I was of my mad favorite about. song. Yeah. So we get to see Green Day in a thousand, it was a thousand people in there? Maybe. Maybe, if that. And they were playing, like, so we got there late. Santa was still the, on the, in the third row. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, I saw Green Day two Super Bowls ago. Uh, what is that crypto.com arena where the Lakers play? This was nothing like, like I couldn't believe this is where Green Day was playing. It was like a it was like at a bar. It was like I was at high school auditorium. It was basically at a bar. It was at a place called House of Blues, which is like, you know, they have a small <laughs> little venue. I moved up. You and I were standing kind of yeah. like around the, 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 right. the periphery. I moved up a little bit and then I found EJ. EJ was standing right up next to the stage. So I'm basically yeah. just standing there next to the stage. I mean, I couldn't touch him, but I was <laughs> close enough that, like, you know, if I was on EJ's shoulders, I probably could have gotten up there. <laughs> so that was my favorite was part awesome. of the trip because we got to see you two at the Sphere, which was so cool. The Sphere was cool. You two was okay. I, I, I thought you two was, was good. They were okay. Yeah, good. You know? They were better than Kyle Shanahan, I'll tell you that. Oh, that's that's a And then Green Day was just awesome. Awesome. Now, after that ends, I tell Santa all week, I'm throwing a hundred dollars. I have a hundred dollar bill in my wallet. I'm throwing a hundred dollars on black at roulette. We did like very little gambling when we were out there. As I'm walking up to the table, I said to Santa, I should really put it on red. But Santa goes to me, You said black all week. Just go with your first gut. Put the hundred down. Oh no, you're blaming me on this? I did I, I'm maybe I threw you under the bus a little bit. Um, ball spin around, lands on red. So I go, all righty, let me take out another hundred. I go to the guy, I really should put it on red, right? Like I was, st- I don't know why, I, I, I should have just trusted my instinct. Put down on black, spins around, lands on green. And then I'm like, all right, I'm good. But that was an awesome night. From the dinner with Santa and EJ, into U2, into Green Day, 
I think that was my favorite part of the trip. It was just it, like you left that night after seeing Green Day, and it was just like, wow, wow. Like Kobe White, wow, wow, wow. That's crazy, bro. And the cool thing about Green Day, Green Day, it was just an awesome concert to listen to great yeah. music in when a very small venue. they played Minority, that was venue. my favorite song. Yeah, played. and it was just cool because it was so close. It was so intimate. It was like, it was just, yeah, you like could in your feel room. the music. But when you were at U2, it was just, U2 was not the, 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 the show. The show was the sphere. Yeah. And watching some of these graphics coming around on you. And they show it like, you know, during the Super Bowl, you weren't watching the game, obviously. Yeah. But the intro to the Chiefs, they had Tony Gonzalez. The intro to the 49ers was Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. And they did it at the sphere with all these graphics oh, cool. along the edge of the sphere inside. And you can see just how incredibly clear and crystal clear every image was. It was incredible. That That's an experience. Whether you see you 2 or you go to some other event, you have to go to the Sphere at some point in your life. So that is awesome. I will say this. Fish or Dead & Company there is going to be wild because all I did at the Sphere was have a few drinks. I felt like I was on something with the way that the visuals were. So if you get a band that, let's say, plays a little bit more to the visuals, and you know what I'm saying. All right, all right now. Uh, yeah, and imagine you're participating in that culture too and doing some of those things. I can't even imagine then what happens if you're actually on some of those things where I wasn't on some of those things and I felt like I was on some of those things. Anyway, Kyle Shanahan, you missed out on an opportunity to win the Super Bowl. Your team blew it. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the sport. He's a top three quarterback of all time. And you know what? Go to CBS Sports Radio at Zach Gelb on the Twitter page. What's your first reaction to Super Bowl 58? The 49ers blew up Mahomes is just insane. It's 50-50 right now. So I need someone to decide this, or multiple people to decide. It's still 18 hours left, so we're going to get thousands and thousands more people to vote, and it will determine. We'll give you the winning answer tomorrow. All right, great show today. Big thanks to each every one of you. Stu, Samter, Jay Gruden as well. We'll talk to, to Mignana, everybody, at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.